Welcome to the Midweek Wednesday edition. So glad you've stopped in here with us this morning. And yeah, the announcement, it was, it was long in coming. And this is one of those sort of inside baseball things I can tell you now. Uh, this was long in the planning and we were working carefully to make sure uh, that everything worked out for you on this radio show. So I'm stepping aside. Last show will be the final Friday of November, uh, the 24th. And then right after that, Monday, the 27th the new voice of Saskatchewan. And I did tell you when I was uh, letting you know that this was a difficult decision and one that was the right one at the right time. Uh, I'll tell you tomorrow who that person is. And I think you're going to be impressed. I certainly am. And I'm very excited. To Tanner, to Dakota, to Carol, to Tyler, to John, to Mike, to Kyle, I can't keep track of the number of texts coming in. I apologize if I didn't get back to thank all of you, but uh, thanks so much. The most delightful texts are the ones from listeners who are younger than the show. (laughs) Uh, I just discovered your show two years ago, three years ago. uh, And of course, they weren't born in 1998 when this show debuted. (laughs) So uh, it's with, I was teasing my boss this morning. I said, Maybe I should just get on and say, no, I changed my mind. But, you know, there's no right time. And, okay, I don't want to be John the Downer here, but you never do anything, at least I never have, from a position of fear. I mean, a fear isn't a really good operating principle. But you look around, and I'm in my mid-60s, and I would do this show for the rest of my life. But all of a sudden, you look around at the number of friends People you dearly love, who mean everything to you, and they're gone in their 50s, in their 60s. You know, so you think about, well, that idea, well, you know, I'll keep doing what I love, and then, quote, I'll retire sometime. Then all of a sudden you get the call from your doctor, and you think, geez, I wished I had plan to have more time. So that's what this is. It's going to be lots of grandkid time, lots of life, lots of, and I'll still be practicing labor and employment law. That's uh, my professional interest scenario. And I have done legal work for Ralco for many years, but it'll be uh, really challenging and interesting to get back and do a bit more legal work. Uh, some, oh, and by the way, for the many of you who refer to the clown show that is Saskatoon City Hall, No, I am not running for mayor or any position on council. No, I will not be here any longer to keep reminding you that an 80% voter turnout on the 13th of November will mean a brand new mayor and city council. That's up to you. And you've got to spread that word to your friends, to your family, uh, to your associates, and everybody you love. So that's the key. 877-332-8255. Hey, here we are. Um, Hour of the big story. So, um, and and I was serious when I said I'm not big on long goodbyes. Um, Your experience, and as I mentioned in my, my comments, and your lives intersecting with mine have touched me in a way that I can't even describe. And I'm that grateful to you. And thank you from the bottom of my heart. So you want to talk about the radio show. But but again, we're going to have time for goodbyes later because, of course, final show is the 24th, Friday, end of the month. 
And that'll be me paying tribute to you and you chatting with me. But beyond that, anything you want to talk about today, the hour of the big stories is what we talk about here. So I have come with a number of stories. You have things on your mind. It's 877-332-8255. Perry in Osler. Welcome aboard, sir. Well, I'd, I'd like to say just congratulations. Uh, I know it's a hard decision, but also congratulations on the radio show did make a difference, giving people a voice, um, being able to express your views on, on topics. And I think it changed Saskatchewan. So I think you wanted to have that accomplishment as well. And I think I did give you a lot of good laughs over the years. <laughs> you have, yes. Uh, and some of it, um, you and I, I, I think you and I bat on the same side of the political plate, but you swing at different pitches than I do. Yeah, we, that we, makes have sense. Unfinished, we have some unfinished business. Donald Trump's going to win the leadership, and he's going to be president in, uh, in 2024. You know how to push me around, don't you? Yeah, I did that on purpose. 877 <laughs> Okay, you name it, we talk about it here and now. Uh, oh, by the way, as the uh, changing of the guard continues to change, you probably caught the story yesterday, and as soon as we can get the uh, new chief on in Regina, uh, the chief Farouk Sheikh, uh, comes to Regina to replace Evan Bray, who you'll remember retired a few months ago. And uh, Chief Sheikh has an interesting career path. He was the chief of the Alberta Sheriff's Service, a little bit like our marshals, although they don't turn our marshals and they won't. Well, they probably will, but they won't yet turn them loose for traffic enforcement. The sheriff's Last ticket I got, actually, in Alberta was from one of the sheriffs. Uh, there's about a 1,000. That's a pretty good-sized police force. So the sheriffs uh, supplement the RCMP policing. And like our marshals here, there's only going to start with 70 of them. They'll be in certain high-crime areas. They'll be doing, again, support for the RCMP. They'll be doing some more sort of deeper rural policing. And probably uh, they will in time because there's too much revenue around, uh, because we've got a thing called the Saskatchewan Highway Patrol already working out and about. So you'll see kind of a broadening of the uh, marshals here. Well, uh, Farouk Sheikh ran the sheriffs uh, in Alberta since 2021. He was with Calgary Police Service, uh, policed on the lower mainland, but he comes from the U.K., he originally policed with the uh, West Midlands Police, well-known police force, and, of course, the London Metropolitan Police. So uh, Chief Shake starts December the 1, and, of course, uh, we'll try to get him on uh, before that time. Other stories. Uh, yesterday as well, our newsroom getting confirmation from the DA, and this is the uh, federal district attorney in Oregon City, who moved a motion for a discontinuance on a series of serious charges against Saskatchewanian Dawn Walker, a.k.a. Dawn Dumont. She was arrested in Oregon City, disappearing summer of 2022 for 12 days, forged passports, stole the ID of a woman she knew who thought she was her friend, uh, contrived this elaborate ruse, uh, wasn't getting her way in family court, 
and for obvious reasons, I think, wasn't granted sole custody. Uh, and the the hurt that she caused to so many people. And we were kind of watching this and thinking the Americans likely wouldn't proceed because she's already pled guilty here. She's been convicted here. Um, why are they going to go after her in the States? Well, they they're not. And as I said, if you would like to look at anything that brings the administration of justice into disrepute, it's not the one-year conditional sentence. Oh, a jail sentence she's going to serve at her house. Um, a jail sentence she's going to serve in the community, not in jail. It's the lack of a restitution order. There were hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars additionally spent on this act of fraudulent fakery. And why and how, uh, obviously defense counsel wasn't going to do it, the Crown acquiesced completely to the most effective, powerful, successful defense counsel in the country, Marie Hennon, who just came into town and rolled over everybody. So Marie Hennon was able to put together this plea agreement, But nobody stood up and said, I'm sorry, we're not going to agree to your plea agreement without a restitution order for, oh, helicopter rental. You know, there's 30 or 40K. Additional expenses for dog units and aerial units and water rescue units. There's another 80, 90, 100, 200 thou. So until and unless Don Walker pays up three or four hundred thousand dollars, There's a condition of a release. Nope. And the judge didn't do that either. And of course, the problem is judges have is when there's a joint submission, there is some law around on their ability to deviate from that. So it would have been pretty hard for that judge to have said, I'm agreeing to this, but let me impose extra. So that brings the administration of justice, I think, into disrepute. I'm John Gormley, 877-332-8255, you name it. We talk about it here and now. I have stories, you have stories, and something on your mind today? This is 980 CJME and 650 CKOM. John Gormley, welcome and good to have you here. Hey, thanks for checking in. Well, it is a Wednesday and, of course, Saskatchewan Smartest Radio Listener coming up at 11 o'clock. But it did not start today like any old usual Wednesday. So uh, it's the subterfuge. It's the deliberately misleading some of my best friends. And in the cases of a few of them, the detective sorts... You're up to something. You're leaving. Who, me? Of course, what you do, and you know this from being pulled over. This is the advice defense counsel give you all the time. You know that. Always ask questions. Are you doing this? Why would you ask? (laughs) That's the way guilty people behave. (laughs) So, (laughs) uh, what? Leaving? Me? And also, it was lots of questions. But, um, yeah, so announcing this morning, uh, final show, Friday, the 24th of November, and my goodness, I'm going to miss you so much. Okay, so stories in the hour are the big stories. 
So the legislation was introduced, and I I thought this was particularly interesting. So there I was uh, talking about the new police chief in Regina, uh, Farouk Sheikh, who is British and came via Calgary uh, Police Service. Then he was the chief of the, they call them the sheriffs in Alberta. We call them the marshals here. Uh, he was the chief of the sheriffs, and now he's going to be at the RPS in Regina. So the Saskatchewan Marshals Service, and this was introduced about a year and a half ago now, uh, finally in the budget received funding, about 20 million bucks. They will hire 70 officers, and this will be gangs and guns, uh, specifically targeted high crime rate areas, and they're complementary to the RCMP. They're not an attempt to nudge out the Mounties. Uh, the Mounties are here, as you know, on a provincial policing contract. But for those who, particularly on the political left, who just don't like anything the SAS party does, oh, it's, she'll give the money to the RCMP, you know, calling them marshals. You want a bunch of yahoos with cowboy hats walking around. I mean, you know, it's the usual uh, thing that resembles political dialogue. The, what, you like that allegory? Okay. But the unusual part of this, and I alluded to it in my commentary earlier this week, you want to talk about a gobsmacker. One of the biggest activist lobby pushes for the idea of some kind of provincial law enforcement boots on the ground, call them uh, integrated security, call them marshals, call them sheriffs, have been who? Rural stakeholders. Because as we know from sad and often tragic events, people murdered in their remote farm homes, sexually assaulted, uh, the case of the uh, gang of young people just driving around fishing. Yeah, okay. Um, and, of course, Colton Bushy, one of them being shot by a rancher and the great divisions that caused. People in rural Saskatchewan are really frustrated and they're scared. So rural governments, rural people have been saying, we need either RCMP that are more than 45 minutes to an hour to an hour and a half away, and that's high speed lights and sirens, or we need more localized kind of law enforcement. So the marshal's idea was being pushed really hard by rural people. So imagine the shock when the top rural politician in Saskatchewan Ray Orb, president of the Saskatchewan Association of Rural Municipalities, shows up at the NDP convention two weekends ago. And groups often show up at political conventions. They get observer status. And SARM is a big influential lobby group. They represent uh, the couple of hundred rural governments. So SARM shows up at the NDP convention. Ray Orb gets up and speaks and tells the NDP that the marshal service is a bad idea, the money's better going to the RCMP, the NDP are applauding, they can't believe how they've turned Ray Orb. Now, over in Sask Party land, and I get this from informed sources, you want to talk about who got thrown under the bus, who got betrayed. And my advice to the Sask Party is, one of the rules in politics is don't get too deeply invested with the people you thought were your friends. You know, I've often joked that SARM, if it hasn't bought and paid this, 
you know, from strong rural politics, it certainly owns a lot of political organizations. I mean, SARM is very deep in the SAS party. But how Ray Orb could have turned and, sub- and, and now, of course, I don't know what his politics are. That doesn't, that's not germane to the discussion. But the NDP thought they, like that ball went right over the far outfield fence. Ray Orb knocking the Sask party, saying they're doing the wrong thing with the marshals, saying the money should go to the earth. Like, that was an Alice in Wonderland moment. Down was up, up was down. I thought, what? In fact, I was so incredulous, I thought it was fake news. Because I heard the, the statement and I saw a transcript of his remarks and I said, no, someone's made this up. So I phoned and I phoned and I phoned around and yeah. So I wonder what SARM will say. So some sharp-eyed journalist should call the Association for Rural Municipalities now that the government will be actually, they've introduced legislation now to designate the marshal service as a police service in the province. The legislation also creates a chief position, sets out details for governance, structure, operations. So maybe SARM can go on the record now saying this idea they pushed was really a terrible idea and they agree with the NDP. So just when you think you can typecast Saskatchewan politics, nope. But message to any politician. It's like organized labor used to do to the NDP. You know, all the big unions in the Federation of Labor knock doors, they contribute money, they work very hard on every issue to get the NDP elected. Now, has it worked so well for 16 years, but organized labor is the NDP's pet. The Association of Rural Municipalities was always a Sask Party proxy. And the problem is, of course, if you do what these activists want you to do, and you get too close as government, when they turn on you or when they betray you, A, hurt your feelings, but B, you don't want to be too deeply exposed or too deeply invested. So I don't know what the SARM executive's doing with Ray Orb these days, but... I was just, again, it was one of those weird April Fool's feeling kinds of stories. Okay, Saskatoon. Uh, Laura Woodward, a great young journalist at CTV Saskatoon. My headline for her story is, well, that didn't last very long. Jim Pufalt, who is well known in municipal governance. Um, Where are we at here? He was let go by the Estevan City Council in 2013. Uh, Estevan City Council said, we're moving in different directions. They fire him, then uh, North Battleford, then Moose Jaw. He retires from Moose Jaw, becomes Saskatoon's transit manager. Four months in, he's gone. More on that story next on 650 CKOM and 980 CJME. John Gormley, how many fun and games has there been? Uh, it, you know, it's a little bit, and we'll do sort of a big farewell show end of the month. I announced this morning, of course, my last show here will be Friday, November the 24th. And tomorrow I will announce who my successor will be. And I'm really pumped. I couldn't think of anyone better to hand the torch to. Uh, many of you were speculating, guessing, uh, hoping, asking. Uh, we'll get to it tomorrow. One of the funnier texts is, you should be ashamed of yourself. 
letting Justin Trudeau outlast you. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. You know, if I was waiting for uh, him to leave, I would be. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't let others do that to you. But uh, no, it's just great. Well, thank you so much. Uh, okay, so I was just talking about Jim Pufault. I don't know him, uh, though I know people in the Battle Fords who do. Uh, interesting background. Uh, the city of Saskatoon, who brought this guy in, he had been the city manager in Moose Jaw for, uh, since 2018. He retired earlier this spring. So five years in Moose Jaw, he retires, uh, surfaces in Saskatoon as the manager of city transit June the 1st. Laura Woodward breaks the story that he's gone. Oh, I love this. The director of transit has mutually parted ways with the city of Saskatoon. Uh, Riders and the public are naturally interested in the leadership of this critical service. I assure everyone there's a plan to select a new transit director. I expect the announcement to be made next week. Uh, That is Terry Schmidt, uh, general manager, transport and construction. It was just a mutual decision to part ways. (laughs) City manager Moose comes to Saskatoon. Four months, he's gone. Uh, he was in North Battleford for years before that, and then for a dozen years before North Battleford, he was in Estevan from 01 to 13, and then the city council punted him, actually, in 2013. Uh, they said, we're moving in a different direction that does not include our city manager, Jim Pufault. So uh, he's from Broadview, I think, originally, somewhere in the southeast, uh, southwest, no, southeast, and uh lifetime Saskatchewan guy, so who knows what led to his departure from the city of Saskatoon. And these days, that city hall, that city administration, I mean, would you like to do the over and under, and I won't take your bet on this, about the number of buses that will break down this winter in Saskatoon? Make no mistake, buses will break down. It's only a matter of how many, and sadly, when and where they break down. Because Saskatoon is loaded up with 11 elected people, 10 councillors and Charlie Bike Lanes Clark, and an administration that is absolutely obsessed and radically disconnected from the citizenry on bike lanes, uh, phony predetermined surveys, all of these sorts of things. And first principles like a transit system that works, is beyond them. So, fun bet, fun drinking game, fun gamble. How many buses break down this winter in Saskatoon? It'll be a lot. Oh, and by the way, in, thank you. So your texts are so kind. I mean, you're saying very nice things. Uh, it snowed yesterday in part of Saskatchewan. Asks Maurice, did you take a walk in the snow? <laughs> no, we are uh, deigning, hoping, and designating that on the 28th of February, Justin Trudeau will take a walk in the snow 40 years ago to the day when his dad did, and then on the 29th, because it's a leap year coming up, 40 years ago to the day that his dad did, he would then say, I'm stepping down. 
Uh, Tom Mulcair, speaking of the aforementioned Trudeau, uh, Mulcair, who does some commentary for CTV, uh, talks about how Justin Trudeau has been, quote, juggling the climate change file since he took office. After eight years of twirling, there are too many parts in the air at the same time. It has come crashing down, and no one who understands this complex issue is really surprised. So... He talks about how Canada allowed certain places, like Quebec, to have a cap-and-trade system where they connect themselves to California. Uh, B.C. has a modified cap-and-trade. Uh, then, of course, you've got the so-called uh, benchmark or backstop, where at the pumps, your home heating, everything else, you pay a huge carbon tax to Ottawa. And then when one region complains enough, they exempt them, everybody else not being exempted. And the spectacular crash and burn for Trudeau, writes Mulcair, it's hard, quote, to see how he will ever regain any credibility with Canadians, and in his case, it's Canadians who care about the fight against climate change. And of course, the care about the fight against climate change crowd, which we all want the planet to sustain itself and function in a way that is sustainable. Everybody does. But the fight against climate change by charging you money crowd is not a lot of those people in Saskatchewan. There never were. They're never going to be. But the fight against climate change crowd, according to Tom Mulcair, are quite encouraged by Mark Carney because he could be the new liberal leader. So those are a few issues. Uh, and, of course, the carbon tax thing just keeps going. Uh, where's the new survey? This one comes from uh, the Canadian Taxpayers Federation. Uh, they commissioned a Leger poll. 57% of Canadians want all home heating exempted from the carbon tax. 21% say no. 22% say they're unsure. So even if the unsures join the no's, That's only 43% of people like the idea of you being taxed on home heating. In the coldest country in the OECD, one of the coldest industrialized countries on earth, 57% of people say you shouldn't be taxed on a carbon tax. That makes sense. Okay, other stories around the province today. Uh, Saskatchewan's Scott Moe, and this is in many respects echoing what the other premiers had said. Uh, the premier yesterday had a newser in Halifax. He'd stayed over after their Monday meeting, said that the provinces are sending the signal, quote, to move away from poaching health care workers from one another's systems. And that's only intuitive. I mean, you know by now, and if you're a listener to this show, you are of a sufficient intelligence level that you know this because you're informed. Every country in the world at the moment, certainly the U.S., most of the OECD, Canada, there is, and part of it is post-COVID, people just walking away from healthcare. Healthcare went under a lot of stress. Some of it's demographic. You've got damn baby boomers retiring. <laughs> um, so you get this constellation of events. So everywhere has professional shortages. And it isn't just docs and nurses. It's every kind of 
very highly professionalized technical level. It's also very specialized physicians and specialized nurses. So healthcare systems everywhere. So it's one thing to say, hey, let's recruit some Filipino nurses. It's another thing to say, let's recruit some Filipino nurses from Halifax. (laughs) No, that's not cool. So you've got certain areas of the country who at considerable expense have brought in medical specialists, technical specialists to big integrated, you know, children's hospitals, trauma centers. Then trauma center B or children's hospital B says, hey, come over here. And really what you're doing, it's a, it's a bidding war, but you're poaching. So I don't know how the provinces are going to do this. Maybe have some kind of a protected designated trade system, you know, like sports do. But um, Tim Houston, the Nova Scotia premier in Halifax uh, said, I love this. New grads are still considered fair game and they should be. So if you graduate from Saskatchewan, you graduate from Dal, you graduate from UBC, fine. Let the provincial bidding wars begin. But you move into a Canadian healthcare system and you're a foreign trained specialist, don't do the poaching. And I think we all gain by that. And it'll be a question of how the provinces put this together. I'm John Gormley. So good to have you here with us today. It's 877-332-8255. I am... Touched. I'm genuinely touched by your texts. Uh, I, I often used to joke, people would talk about their phone blowing up. Never had that happen before. My phone has officially blown up. I'm looking, I think I'm going to get 200 and some texts. And these are from friends and many of you. And thank you so much. 877-332-8255. Of course, why it's all blowing up. If you've just joined us, I announced this morning, I am stepping away from this radio show Last Friday of the month, 24th of November, will be my final show. And then the brand new host, the new voice of Saskatchewan, will begin the following Monday on the 27th. And I'll identify that person for you right here tomorrow. This is 650 CKOM and 980 CJME. Good to have you here. Thanks so much. I'm, uh, I mean, somebody said, how can you do the hour of the big stories and be pretending to talk about other stories? I'm not pretending. There's just all sorts of stories around. I haven't got to a fraction of them. Uh, announcing earlier as the show got going that, yes, I am stepping aside. Final show will be Friday, the 24th of November. Well, this is delight. See, I love texts like this. This is Hayden in Yorkton. My dad and I have listened to your show back since it was News Talk 1300 on CJME. So CJME, over the time, did change the call location to 980. Uh, I was born in 1994, so obviously I didn't get many of the stories in the early day. But you've helped me understand political science, break down the big stories of the day. Your books, your opinions, your show have helped me become the social studies teacher that I am today. You've touched and pissed off a great number of people (laughs) in a remarkable career on the airwaves. Ah, well, thank you, Hayden. Very kind, and I appreciate it. And to every one of you, I'm hoping I can just say thanks for saying thanks. Um, And 
again, as I say, you're the reason this show works. Uh, Dean in Alameda, regular caller for many years, sir. Thanks for calling. Well, John, that was quite a shock. Finding out you're going to retire, and I guess I found out I'm not taking your place. It must be either Jock or Mums or Kevin. <laughs> Actually, Kevin phoned, interestingly <laughs> enough. So uh, Kevin did put lie to the story that he would be the, the host. <laughs> okay. No, I just want to say thanks for the run. It's been pretty good 20 years that I've been involved with you, and you've helped us out a fair bit, from Mad Cow to the last project of the Estevan MRI. And Elaine and I were hoping that when we get this fired up in 18 months that you were going to be coming down to hold the ribbon when you had the grand opening cutting of it. Well, you know, I'm not going anywhere in terms of home bases and things, so keep me in mind. I mean, that southeast country is the very, very nicest kind of place, so I'm always in. Okay, and hopefully your uh, professor will give us as much help as you have over the years. Well, we'll certainly try that. Thanks so much, sir. Thank you. Bye. Dean in Alameda. Uh, you know, it's funny he mentioned mad cow because uh, mad cow disease, which really affected uh, the livestock sector, uh, I think he started kind of, he's a rancher, and I actually met him in Oxbow uh, once years ago. Because the funny thing is about listeners, you'll get this thing where somebody's calling all the time, and, okay, here's another inside radio coaching tip. Talk radio is about the listeners. The callers are a tiny tiny subset of the listeners fewer than one percent of listeners to a talk show are ever going to phone so the listeners and that takes great courage i've always said that when people call a talk show you know you might disagree with them you might think oh you know you might be inspired now i've been brought to tears by listeners over that 25 years there have been listeners who have absolutely told a compelling story that breaks your heart you imagine the courage you muster when you grab a phone, punch in the numbers. And, of course, the other thing I found out early, I'll never forget this. Um, I think it was it was an alliterative name. I think it was from Al from Arcola or Alex from Arcola, something like that. Early on, this guy would phone and he'd be going on and on. And they, this was like back 24 years ago. I'm at an event one night in Regina and this really mild-mannered, put-together guy comes up. And he's a local business person in Regina. And he goes, so it's so nice. And I said, so nice to meet you. And he goes, well, you actually know me. I'm Al from Arcola. <laughs> I went, what? Um, so some people, I mean, use different names, okay. But but people recognize your voice or people fear they do, right? So um, you get these great people who phone. And then, like Dean, you go out to an event somewhere miles and miles away. And they walk up and go, hey, I'm Dean from Alameda. And you think... Wow. And then, so nice to put a literally a face to the voice. Okay, coming up, in studio for the next hour, one of my very favorite guests, Dr. Michael Levin. He is the head of Saskatchewan's MS Clinical Research Unit. And if you don't know about multiple sclerosis and this province's history, you should. And he'll take your questions next on 650 CKOM and 980 CJME.